Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thanking you, as always, for clicking on this podcast. Appreciate as well that it's been a bit of a wait for this next episode, but again, I really do appreciate all the same you clicking on this. I've had a couple of weeks off as I've been on honeymoon. I got married a few weeks ago and, uh, yeah, just been living it up in Bali for the last couple of weeks. It's been lovely and thank you ever so much for all the lovely comments and messages coming in in respect of that. So here we are, though, back at it. Finally got around to checking out Jordan Peele's Nope, which was up there as one of my most anticipated releases of the year, just on the back of the trailer, and obviously on the back of Jordan Peele's work. He's an absolute master genius, in fact, when it comes to filmmaking. I really enjoyed Get Out, really liked Us, but when seeing the trailer for Nope, it was the first one where I'd, I was fully on board and fully invested um, as a sci-fi nut. Obviously, I was really intrigued to see what he would bring to that genre, but also the horror side of it as well. And of course, what his twists or whatever would be, because he's pretty good at like kind of thinking outside the box. And he's done it yet again with this film, because I've seen a number of short reviews, I should say, because I did try and stay clear, because this film actually came out uh, just as I was about to head off on honeymoon. So I've had to wait, uh, wait this long. This is why it's coming up so late. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd seen a few, few murmurs, a few comments, even a few friends as well were saying that they weren't fully convinced by the film just when they'd seen it, which then I was kind of like, oh no, like what, what are we going to see? But I, I will say that I've come out of this, uh, come out of the screen and that I checked out this afternoon, really impressed with what he's done with this. Like I, I, I really did enjoy the actual, the, the story side of the storytelling, the imagery, the also cinematography of it, uh, the score as well, which accompanies enhancing that fear and danger when the, uh, the UFO is, is lurking about because this is it. And, and, I will probably go into more spoiler territory within this podcast a little bit later, but of course I will give a heads up before we get to that. But overall, yeah, really have really have enjoyed this film, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about it, obviously, on this episode. But thank you as always for clicking. It's available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. All that jazz. Give us a like and a follow on there. Give us a review. I, I think you can leave you can leave whatever star review you want. Do that. That'd be that'd be amazing as well. But of course, hit notifications so you can be notified when new episodes are uploaded. Jump onto Facebook as well and search Joe Blogs About Films for the Facebook page. So here we are then. Nope. Siblings OJ and Emerald Haywood inherit a Californian horse ranch from their industry legend father. One day, they glimpse a mysterious object lingering in the sky above their abode. Attempting to capture the mystery on film, the two make horrific discoveries about the phenomenon's true nature. I nearly said phenomenon incorrectly there but still anywho so OJ is played by Daniel Kaluuya Emerald is played by Kiki Palmer and I really really enjoyed their chemistry on screen I felt it was a great brother and sister dynamic that was very believable humorous as well and I like the kind of complete contrast in opposites of, of their characteristics I should say sorry you've got OJ who's not really bothered by technology not even bothered by the spectacles himself or even like the whole in industry of that we get that straight away when we meet him you listen in the trailer when uh, kiki palmer's emerald is kind of giving it all when she's kind of introducing what they do and and obviously them with the horse ranch and stuff and he's just kind of like oj just stood in the background just just not even looking at the cameras not facing anywhere just like staring into the distance mumbling away when 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 needed to i really enjoyed that i really thought that it was a nice kind of take on someone that isn't isn't kind of phased at all by like the glamour and the actual kind of well the, the, the a lot of the themes of this film is kind of how we have, have become so desensitized to horrific imagery or horrific sequences or scenes or just life itself but we'll you know kind of twist that in a way and, and make 
well, films and such out of it or make some kind of media to go on the internet. There's a lot of that within this, a lot of characters that you get and that you meet along along the course of this film that obviously fall into that category. Obviously, Stephen Young's character as well, which I've really, really enjoyed seeing Stephen Young on the big screen. He played Ricky Duke Park, who's got a huge like kind of backstory, subplot that kind of comes back and forth. Someone that's been through quite a traumatic experience himself, but are then obviously making money off that. Uh, and, it, and it obviously leads into something much grander and, and greater within this spectacle of, of obviously this UFO in the uh, in the old clouds there. There's been a lot of obviously links and, and kind of nods or people at least picking up on the fact that there's some Jaws kind of influence there. I, I, I got it straight. I, I really enjoyed that kind of thing. The idea that obviously the cloud is the sea and obviously the UFO is, is the shark itself. Having those sequences, like I say, what Jordan Peele captures on screen when you've got this fantastic, you know, wide shot where we're looking up at the sky and, and one of our main characters, more so Daniel Kaluuya's OJ, like running or whatever, and it's just darting about, like just behind him in the clouds and such. Loved all of that. I love what they did in Utilize with the rain and such as well. And the score, God, the score was great. Like, you've re- like there's a lot of boxes that were ticked in this. One of the things that do kind of bring it down a little bit for me with this film is that the pacing was a little slow. It does take a while for it to get going, but I felt that it was enough. It kept me engaged throughout, but there was periods when I was just, you know, like, where are we going to go from here? But all the same, like I say, it was a slow pace, but it did keep me really engaged and really interested to see what they were going to do next with this film because it's Jordan Peele, like I say. I I knew something he was going to, like I say, think outside the box with, and he's absolutely nailed it with this because the actual twist itself, which I'll go into a little bit, um, obviously in the spoiler side of it, I, I thought it was just so fantastic. Like this is the thing I came out of the cinema and I was like, I, I feel this is one of the best original stories that we've seen in such a long time. I thought it was utilized, it's, and and I've seen as well that almost like it's kind of a love letter as well to that crew and stuff of making films and everything like that. Because um, you do get that heavily impact, obviously, because like I said, O.J. Haywood's character and his father, obviously, sorry, who's you know pretty much a legend in the industry himself, and O.J. is now taking that mantle on obviously following his passing and the whole structure of this film itself obviously you've got this little group of people that want to capture something on film and obviously present it to the world which is again like i said what what crew do pretty much every day when they're when they're when they're making films when they're doing this and that and this again like comes back to what we're saying earlier about how we're so desensitized to something that we just want to film it and upload it you know you've got this this horrifying discovery that oj's found obviously seeing something's in the cloud and straight away, him and his sister are like, let's film it, let's make some money out of it. It's that theme again of that spectacle, that theme that Jordan Peele really, really, you know, drove home in this film, which I just, just thought was brilliant. And I just thought that it all worked really well. Every character that does come into it has a really strong performance. You've got a kind of character as well that's a little bit like Quint again from Jaws, Michael Wincott's character, Antlers Host, who's this director that they do bring in to help capture on the film and wanting to get this impossible shot, as as as, as they say. Uh, you've got Brandon Pereira as well, who plays Angel Torres. Again, I really like this character, just someone that worked at like a technical store and helps them set everything up, but then he even gets like roped into it as well. But overall, like I said, that I, I, that, that's pretty much the bulk of the cast. And I think that it, it's such a big scaled film but these characters are so central and bring you back down to it, that I, I back down to earth in that sense. And I really, really dug what they were doing. I think that Daniel Kaluuya's performance was really excellent as well. Like I said, I did really enjoy his his, his character an awful lot. Emerald uh, Emerald Haywood, that's Kiki Palmer. She just bossed every scene that she was in. You know, like I found her so 
believable. I said the title itself, nope, with a reaction to what they're seeing. Just like, nope, you know, I just felt that they were all really, really great. I just said there's not really a bad word I can say about the cast. The main thing that I would say that does pull me down a little bit is just that the story, it just takes a little bit, you know, the pacing, sorry, is that it just takes a little bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of time for it starts to kick in. But once it does kick in, yeah, it really does keep you on the edge of your seat. Like I, I want to talk more about when I get there in a second, but I really did think that the uh, what Jordan Peele did with this uh, with this tale, this sci-fi horror, um, was really great. And that's the thing how he utilizes horror itself on the screen. And so with with some of these sequences, um, are very very powerful. Like I said, I I thought that there's a shot in the trailer of the scene where the the UFO is above the house and it's blocking the rain. I just thought it was just really really great. <laughs> and then they obviously something. Else on the back of that happens as well. Um, and it's that thing again of like what Jordan Peele does with the idea of like using, like letting your imagination run away and play with it, play with yourself kind of thing. Cause the less you see, the more, the more powerful it is. Obviously the less, the less that he shows is the more our mind will be like playing tricks. And I, I just thought that, that, that was really, really resonant in the film as well. Um, I, I'm going to have to jump spoilers. Cause if not, I'm going to get too kind of vague and I feel like I've already been quite vague enough, but overall, like I say, I did really think this film was highly enjoyable. Um, really did keep me guessing, keep me entertained. And as a sci-fi nut, as I say, who loves, you know, anything to do, like I say, with uh, UFOs or anything like that. I thought that what, what John Peele did with that trope is, um, yeah, nailed it really, really excellent. Like kind of, put a spin in it that I would never have thought of before. Um, so hats off to him for that. Uh, but out of 10, I probably would say definitely like seven and a half, pushing eight. I think it's definitely one of my favourites I've watched this year. Like I say, it's not the favourite, so spoilers for the end of the year podcast and I'll go over my top, but I did think it was pretty great and I'm glad that I've got it on pre-order for physical copy. Keep the, I've got to keep the physical copies alive, but still, it's one that I'm definitely looking forward to re-watching again because I feel like it's going to be one of those films that you'll watch and pick up on a few things that you might have missed off in the uh, in the first watch. So there we have it. So I am now going to jump into spoilers. If you've not seen the film, obviously don't listen to this because I don't want to ruin it for you. But uh, yeah, spoilers in three, two, one. So I'm going to jump straight to the twist. Obviously, the reveal about the UFO itself is that it's not an actual UFO. It's, it's, it's a monster. It's that the actual UFO is the alien itself, which I, I, I can't stress enough how much I really like that twist. Like, it's something I just didn't think of, even from the trailers, and this is, again, fantastic marketing for Jordan Peele and, and his films, because he did this with Get Out, did it with us, done it again with No, just not giving as much to go on in you know in the build-up to it, in the marketing, and keep us guessing. Yeah, we knew that the actual over you know plot points or main theme would be UFO and such, but like I said, that the theme within this film massively is that idea of spectacle and said that the, the trauma of what, what we can go through, but then kind of de- we're so desensitized to it that we just want to kind of make something out of it kind of thing. Or like you say, watch some horrific thing unfold on TV. Or like I say, you see a crash in real life and you'll be stood like people are stood there genuinely filming it to uploads like Facebook and stuff. That kind of, that, that, that theme is one that I really, really, it's like that's even presented in the film, obviously a, a bit of an exaggerated take of the TMZ reporter that turns up on the bike who's trying to film what's going off there. Obviously like he's, ego or his desire to, to constantly want to keep things filmed or want to post something to become something online obviously leads to his death but at the same time it's that when he's even on the floor and he's like got all those limbs broken and stuff and he's like dude get your camera out it's like to it's obviously oj daniel kaluuya's character and he's like to be someone whatever he says to him, whatever just like keep like film it whatever it's like what 
this is where we're at now. Like I said, I enjoyed that over exaggeration of it, but overall, that is what we're that's what we're dealing with there. That's what the whole Stephen Young side of things are. Uh, you know, with his character as well. Obviously, he was a child actor on a TV show that had a pet monkey that is within the family that they they were basically raising. Um, the monkey then on one day just has a bit of a bad bit of a bad time. Gordy, the, the monkey's called, and uh, just beats the whole cast pretty much to death. I think he kills off the mother and the father characters. Really disfigures the uh, the 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 eldest uh, what well yeah the eldest girl the eldest daughter character sorry I should say because um, she makes an appearance obviously later on in the film when when Stephen Young's dupe Ricky Dupe is obviously about to show everyone the uh, the UFO obviously in his um, in his ranch that he's got going so yeah obviously he's then kind of milking the the trauma the traumatic experience that 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 unfolded there and again there's another theme there about how we use animals and such for our for our personal gain or for entertainment factor i should say obviously on on the tv and that because you know there's been some horror stories in that over the years and such and again john and peel really homed in on that and that that's the thing is i get i obviously i understood why that 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 subplot was there but you know to not bring to not bring it back in a way around full circle or not 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 full circle to say but to not kind of have that another it, it, you know, like resolved in a way because th- i know what you're saying the idea is that he was he was you know the the character obviously ricky duke was you know going um uh, milking so i should say um you know and making profits and such off of this traumatic experience and that's essentially his downfall cause it's almost like did he feel like he was invincible within the film itself because i know that he, you know he kept the memorabilia was even that like shoe that was like sticking up obviously still some kind of like unnatural force or whatever that was that saved him from that moment, obviously from the, from being killed from the from the monkey from Geordie. Um Obviously, that transpired that he probably felt that he was he could go on to do what he was doing because it was something like what six months or whatever he was that he knew that this UFO was knocking about. So for him to then try and make profits off that again is just showing that he's not learned from his past, like this this horrific ordeal. Like he's not learned from that, and ultimately he does pay the price for it. Because I say he gets whisked up with everyone. Uh, into this uh, creature's mouth. In fact, I, I realised I started off talking about the uh, creature and I've gone way off into talking about, obviously, that whole Geordie subplot as well. But, like, that sequence, say, when when everyone's whisked up and this is before you know that it's not an actual UFO, the actual the UFO itself is the monster, you know, when they're stuck in what looks like... It almost like when you're running through a bouncy castle or like some kind of, like, play area and you're getting, like, trapped or whatever in that... And again, it's like you have no idea what is actually going on. It's only when, obviously, O.J. Hayward realises that if you don't, like I said, he had all those rules with the horses, like don't go near the bat, don't look at it in the eyes, this, that, and that, that he realises that if you don't look at it, then it just doesn't doesn't kind of bother you, leading to him to come to the conclusion it's not a UFO, it's actually, it is a creature. I thought that the design of the creature looked wonderful. I loved how it looked all, like I said, like jellyfishy-like, and when this is when it was all opened up, you know, not not in its in its disc shape, should we say, looked very like kind of parachutey or whatever, and reminded me of like Calvin in a way from Life. Uh, maybe that's why I'm getting given it like another tick. So I was like, yep, really like the design of that. But this is the thing as well. This is why it bothers me so much when superhero films, or whatever, kind of dominate the box office or dominate whatever people go online and start saying like, oh my God, like Thor Love and Thunder was like the best visual thing I've ever seen or this year or the best whatever. And I know that they, they are doing a very good job with with what they're doing in the superhero, in the superhero genre in, in, the, in that world and, and everything like that. But like I've said before many times, I'm kind of getting a little bit fatigued with 
the superhero genre. And, we, and, and it's almost like now they're getting even lazier by using so much more green screen. That when films like this come out, when films from Jordan Peele or whoever, some other original story with a with you know nice big budget behind it, great storytelling. I don't understand why people are just not so invested in those anymore. Like, and 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 you look at the frames, like I said, the imagery, like I, some of the shots in this, like even if they're just two second shots, absolutely like brilliant. Like, they're just one of my favorite shots was the, is it the horse Lucky? One of his horses is in the ranch, anyways. OJ's, uh, yeah, one of OJ's horses. It's when they've got those like inflatable floating men kind of thing. One of them just kind of opens up in front of him. That's you know because that's what they're doing. They put them all over town. And I just thought that was just a great little, just a great shot of just this horse looking forward at this floaty, wavy man kind of thing. I just thought it was really cool. It's just it's so frustrating. Like I say, when you look at what they did, obviously with the actual alien creature and the design of it in this film, which is wonderful, um, and some of the like wide frames when it's like hovering over the house and such. How can people then come around and say, yeah, but you know, stuff like Thor is better looking than this, than than Nope by Jordan Peele. It's just just blasphemy <laughs> like you know what i mean sorry that's a little bit of a, a side rant there about my uh my my uh kind of sick like distaste almost to to not even distaste just just fatigues about the superhero uh superhero films just taking over the box office all the time and people just raining on that sorry let's get back to note because i could want another that's another podcast for another day um but no so the design basically i thought was really excellent as well i just that like to see what it does as well obviously because obviously he eats and then he just gets rid of the stuff that he doesn't want and that's stuff like pennies and keys and chewed up little bits of chairs or whatever like that or, or this and that um which obviously comes back obviously to how oj um oj's father passed away at the start of the film with the key hitting him in the eye and going through into his brain or whatever like it, it just i thought that was a really clever and a nice approach and, and again kept us guessing because i was like what the f why is there a key falling into this horse <laughs> like how has this happened and like i said before when i was talking about that shot with the rain and such like the heavy rain at the night and the ships over it and then it's kind of getting rid of everything there's there's debris and everything flying everywhere next thing there's all that blood flying down as well those are the things that i really liked in this film because i was like we're not even seeing the people get chewed up and just the nice little touch as well of having the the creature flying about and you can hear the people inside screaming away and this and that obviously and whatever that's in there that's just making any noise when that cuts out and all that blood obviously comes down oh just you didn't even have to see you know uh, these people get chewed up and then and, and, and the blood actually fall down it just just that hit in the house itself was just so so horrifying i thought it was a really real great great touch and as i say the imagery all throughout this film i was just like tick 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 man like really really excellent my only flaw for this film as i say is that the pacing is just a little bit just a little bit too slow maybe um but once it gets going it's just either it's one of those it's such a weird one because i'm there being like yeah pacing's a bit slow but i was really engaged <laughs> really engaged throughout so make of that and take of that with what you will um, but just really, really great. I, I thought that one of my last nods, obviously, to, to Jaws, I would say, is the character Ant Antler's host, uh, Antler's Hull, sorry, who's obviously um, a bit like the Quint character. The, this is the film director they hired to help capture the, uh, capture the shot. Yeah, he does like a reading of a classic, uh, I think it's like a classic song, um, which is very, very uh, like close, you're close to the bone of, uh, of, of obviously Quint's Indianapolis, Indianapolis horror story tale that he, uh, he reveals on the... Um, yeah, on the boat. I'm trying to look. I did. I did find what he did end up reading. It's like purple. Yeah, the purple pe the purple people eater. It's a 1958 novelty alien song. 
um, which I thought was his delivery was pretty creepy in it. But like I said, the, stu- the only thing that I thought when I was watching it was, God, this is kind of like Quint's uh, horrific tale in uh, in Jaws. So again, all, all for that, and I'm a big Jaws fan, obviously. So I'm gonna love that kind of thing. But no, I thought like I said overall, it looked really great. It was such a such a very well put an original story that I've I've really wanted to see at cinema again for a long time. Something it's nice to see uh, something t- someone take on, like I said, the sci-fi genre. And just like, you know, something to do with like a UFO and aliens and just flip it on its head a little bit, make it something different, make it something new, something that I, I'm just very, very, um, yeah, like pleased to please with, like it's not to please me, but just impressed with, I should say. So like I, I was very, very impressed um, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. So it's, this could be one of those films where I've given it like seven, half, eight, where if I watch it, the more I watch it, the more probably I'm going to probably, I'm going to love it. So yeah, very impressed anyways. There's probably some stuff I want to talk about that I've completely missed off, but the main thing to take away is that it looks great. The soundtrack, the score is great. Performances are pretty excellent as well. And just the story is, is pretty, pretty tight, you know, pretty, pretty excellent, uh, pretty excellent film here from Jordan Peele. There we have it. I'll leave it there. Really good film, as I say. I thought it was. Uh, there's a lot of themes in there, spectacle and trauma, this and that. All in all, great day out. I'm going to be getting another podcast episode out to you this week as well, because I appreciate, like I said, that it's been a while since the uh, since the last one. So do stick around. Uh, keep your eyes and ears on the Facebook and the socials. I am back. I'm going to make sure that we uh, get more content up. And there's a lot more to come as well. So in terms of looking at the films that are coming out, I'm like, oh my god, I want to be spending a lot of time at the cinema. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna try and get to check out Beast as soon as I can, starting Idris Elba. I've also got tickets to see Jaws in 3D that I cannot wait for. Uh, we spoke a lot about obviously the, the Jaws links in this film as well. I shall nods to Jaws, I should say. So to be able to see it in 3D, and then I will definitely talk about it on this podcast has me very, very excited. So that's all to come. There's also a Godzilla podcast coming up very, very soon. That's going to be the next episode, in fact. So again, don't miss that one. And I'd love to know your thoughts. If you've seen Nope, do get me in touch and let me know what you think of the film. Like I said, a few people have already messaged me saying they want to have a chat because they weren't too sure about how they felt about it. So um, yeah, looking forward to all of that. Do let me know what you think of Nope because I know that it's kind of splitting people. Some people love it. Some people didn't enjoy it at all. So that's a shame, but still each to their own. Again, thank you so much for clicking on this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Until the next episode, take care.